0: In our world today, if we wanted something, usually the kind of thing we're looking for has lots of options. Like if we were going to buy a new house and build it, then we could choose kind of like how we want to have that house built. If we were interested in getting a new car, we could pick which model, which make, and then all sorts of different features on that vehicle. If we wanted to buy new clothes, there's lots of options there too. And so when we think about making a decision of what we want, typically we would want the best, right? We would want what would be able to do what we intended to do, but also do it in the best way possible. So imagine if you could choose your own mother, what options would you choose? Well, you'd probably make her perfect, right? Now, we, we can't choose our own mothers, but God can. So if God wants to take on human flesh, if he wants to become one of us in order to save us, and he gets to choose what he wants his mother to be like, he's going to choose a mother who is perfect, one who is free even from original sin, one who is immaculate. And so the church recognizes that Jesus would want to do that that he would want a mother who was perfect, a mother who was freed from all sin. And so by a singular grace from God, he kept her from the stain of sin, from the moment of her conception. And we might wonder, well, maybe that's that's a nice, pious argument, uh, that we would have a perfect mother because Jesus can do what he wants, he's God. But like, do we see something about that in sacred scripture? Do we have evidence from the Bible that God did this? And while we don't have Mary's conception recorded in the Bible, we do have passages in the Bible that point us to Mary being immaculate, free from all sin, even from the moment of her conception. And while there's multiple passages, I'll just... I'll keep it to two. The first one is actually our gospel passage. Now that may sound strange because our gospel is about how Jesus was conceived when the angel Gabriel appeared. But we see in his greeting to Mary something very important. He says, Hail, full of grace. He didn't use her name. He used a title, full of grace. This English translation, though, kind of falls short of what the Greek actually meant. The words in Greek actually mean have always been and will always be full of grace. Now, Mary couldn't have always been full of grace if she didn't have sanctifying grace. And the loss of sanctifying grace is what we call original sin. So if Mary is full of grace, she must be free from original sin, and always had been, according to the Greek, which is what the gospel was originally written in. Another passage to help us understand that Mary was free from all sin is actually our first reading. And again, that may sound confusing. Wasn't that about Adam and Eve and how they sinned? How does that point us towards Mary? Well, in our first reading we hear about how the serpent is at odds with the woman and her offspring. God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. So this is a prophecy about the Messiah. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Well, if Jesus is the offspring, who would the mother be? That would be Mary. So even in Genesis, we hear about Jesus and Mary, but it's kind of hidden. It's kind of um, not exactly explicit. But we know that what that's what he's talking about because it's Jesus who defeats Satan by living a perfect life, a sinless life, and giving up his life in order to win for us the grace to be with him forever in heaven. But if the woman and her son, her offspring, are at odds with the evil one, the serpent, the devil, then he must not have power or influence over them. Because of original sin, Satan can influence all of humanity because we don't have the protection of God's grace until we're baptized. Then we have God's grace protecting us and helping us to make good choices. We still have free will. We can still make bad choices. And we still have tendencies towards sin. But we have the grace needed to go to heaven from baptism. Mary, on the other hand, had a special mission. She and Jesus were supposed to be, and are, the new Adam and the new Eve. Where Adam and Eve were perfect in as much as they didn't have original sin until they committed it. They didn't have that tendency towards sin, but they still had free will. They had the opportunity to say no to sin and yes to God, but they failed. And so Mary and Jesus are the next Adam and Eve, the new attempt to live a perfect life free from all sin and to choose the will of the Heavenly Father, without making any mistakes without sinning at all in order to fulfill that mission Mary would have to have the same condition as Eve and that is being free from original sin and so we see biblical evidence pointing to Mary being conceived without sin as the new Eve she would need that to perform to perform her mission And Jesus, who is God and can do whatever he wants to do, would obviously want the best and most perfect mother he could possibly make. And that would be Mary. And he would make her free from all sin. So let us reflect upon how Jesus and Mary overcame the temptations that Satan had put before them, the temptation to disobey God and commit sin, how they overcame that for our sake, and for the love of God, as we prepare to meet Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist.